This is Power Players with Dan Clark. This is a podcast interview with human biologist and founder of Grant Cardone's 10X Health, Gary Brecka. Welcome to Power Players with Dan Clark, former athlete, Hall of Fame speaker, New York Times bestselling author, and high-performance business coach, where each week I bring you an inspiring message from an extraordinary human being who will share their secrets on how you can tap into your personal power to become everything you were born to be. Thank you so much for spending some time with me today. In this episode, my friend, mentor, and health and wellness guide, Gary Brecka, human biologist and founder of Grant Cardone's 10X Health Systems, who sits on the board of the NFL Alumni Association as a health services director, nicknamed the celebrity biohacker, shares his life and 20 years of experience in biohacking and functional medicine, driven by his passion to customize peak performance protocols for individuals who, to achieve optimal health. In this episode, my buddy Gary gives us an inside glimpse into his expertise in serum blood and genetic biomarkers that literally optimize human performance through nutrition, evidence-based science, and innovative technology. In fact, every morning, my wife and I wake up extra early, exercise hard, and take a 12-minute cold plunge at 47 degrees because of Gary's tutoring and impactful exemplary friendship. It is a great honor and privilege to have Gary on the show today. And I just want to cut right to the chase because most of us don't understand what a human biologist is. We don't understand the significance of DNA in a gene pool and, you know, uh, infrared and everything that goes into the, 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 the cold plunge. Mm. I've been on the program with Gary a few times and I want you to know, brother, right out of the chutes, that the second we left your last mastermind wherein we participated together as keynote speakers, mm-hmm. your challenge to start doing a cold plunge every day was begun by my wife the very yes. day we left Sundance and proudly reporting that I'm also aboard two to three to four bags of ice to lower the bathtub, the tub temperature to 47 degrees and immersing our body for 12 minutes minimum, it has changed our life, it changes our day, and that's only one bit of wisdom that you imparted, believing that you truly are the guru, the oracle, the sage of the 20th century. (laughs) Take us back, welcome to my program, take us back to your beginning. How did you become a human biologist? What did you do in the insurance industry? Give us the backstory that takes us up to starting the Gary Brecka method of human transformation that we'll definitely talk about. Wow, well that was quite an intro. Um, you know, I, I, I went to undergraduate for uh, biology. I got my um, first four-year degree in biology. Um, and then I went to graduate school and I got a um, you know, postgraduate degree in human biology, which is just the study of biology of human beings. And so I don't have a lot of pharmacology or chemical experience background. Um, or pharmaceutical background, but I have an enormous um, depth of expertise in the human body. And 
physiology of human beings and what deficiencies lead to certain conditions um, that we call disease and pathology uh, today. And shortly after getting out of grad school, I went to work for the life insurance industry in a very specialized area of life insurance where if we got five years of medical records on you and five years of demographic data, we could tell the insurance company how long you had to live uh, to the month. And, you know, when I say that to people, they're like, how is that possible? Well, you know, if you're 82 years old and terminally ill, that's one thing. But what if you're 28 years old and you're perfectly healthy, have perfect blood work, never been to the doctor, have no pathology or disease to speak of, you're not on any pharmaceuticals, how many more months does that person have left on earth? And the way that we did it was we started at the end, right? All human beings leave this earth the same way. The definition of death is hypoxia. Hypoxia is lack of oxygen to the brain. And when you can't sustain brain activity any longer, that's, that's the end of the road. But we used to think of hypoxia as an event, a gunshot wound, a bus, a heart attack, a stroke. But we know now that hypoxia is a predictable curve. Either you are managing oxygen well, and they're therefore going to live a long, healthy, happy life, or you're managing oxygen poorly, which is bringing the onset of disease and pathology closer to the present day. And it's not only increasing the severity, but how quickly you will succumb to it. And so I coined a phrase um, to summarize my entire 20-year career in the mortality industry. And I think this one single sentence is so impactful. Um, I, I think it has so much meaning. It will be the most impactful sentences that your listeners hear for the balance of their lifetime in terms of how many more years they have left on earth, how many more healthy years they have left on earth, whether or not they will live with clean, clear, waking energy, healthy cognitive function, um, healthy short-term recall, deep delta wave sleep, hormone balance, a healthy response to exercise, weight gain or water retention, or a lack of brain fog. And the sentence is this, the presence of oxygen is the absence of disease. The presence of oxygen is the absence of disease. And nothing is more true than that statement. You know, in 20 years, we did not find a single disease etiological pathway, not one, from a viral attack to an autoimmune disorder to type 2 diabetes to Alzheimer's and dementia to all kinds of psychiatric conditions that did not have their roots in a lack of blood oxygen. We are slowly suffocating ourselves to death because aging is our aggressive pursuit of comfort. You know, we've we've gotten so far away from the basics in Mother Nature, grounding, just, just raw bare feet touching the earth, getting adequate amounts of sunlight, breathing and activity. You know, sitting is the new smoking in terms of its impact on early um, passing. Sitting and sedentary lifestyle is now the leading cause of all cause mortality. Right, and this is because we, we, we don't get enough oxygen into the system to sustain healthy cellular activity. You know, inside of every cell in every human being, 32 trillion of these, is a very, very special organelle. It's called the mitochondria. A lot of your listeners have heard of the mitochondria as the powerhouse of the cell, but what we may or may not know about the mitochondria is the mitochondria, of which there are 110 trillion in the human body, 10% of your body weight is mitochondria. And contrary to popular belief, human beings are not powered by carbohydrates and fats and amino acids and vitamins and nutrients. At the end of the day, all of these things become one single source of energy. At a cellular level, all the nutrients we put into our body turn into something called ATP. And this beautiful little mitochondria inside of every cell in the body is what creates this ATP. But imagine this. 
inside of the mitochondria, there's a motor, right? It's spinning around, right? Like a, like a car motor, like an engine in, in, a, in a vehicle. And every time this motor makes one revolution, it's called a Krebs cycle. Every time this Krebs cycle makes a single revolution, it has two choices. It can either create two units of energy or it can create 32 units of energy. In other words, it's either 16 times more efficient or it's 16 times less efficient. And what determines whether or not it's 16 times more or 16 times less efficient is the presence of oxygen. If oxygen enters that mitochondria, you get a 16-fold step up in energy. If oxygen doesn't enter that mitochondria, you get a 16-fold step down in energy. So understanding that you could get 16 times the power in the human body by properly oxygenating it. Now the question becomes, how do I get more oxygen into the body? Not just through breath work, but what sort of supplements can I take? What sort of modalities, things like photobiomodulation, red light therapy, pulse electromagnetic field, PEMF, um, and oxygen therapy, so that I can not only stave off the aging process, but reverse the aging process. There is hordes of sound published clinical data, peer-reviewed clinical studies published in major research publications, and I'm happy to share these with you, um, that has proven that we have a chronological age and we have a biological age. And the biological age is how old you truly are, not how many years you've been here on Earth, but how old you truly are. You can be a 50-year-old man, but be biologically 40 years old. You can be a 64-year-old man and biologically be 45 years old or female, right? So now when we understand that this idea of age reversal, we can't change the clock, but we can change the biophysiology of the human body. You know, soon, very soon, in the next two decades, 90 will be the new 40. There are people walking this earth right now that will easily live to 140 years old. The advent of stem cell therapies and exosomes and the discovery of gene mutations that lead to deficiencies in the body and these advances in regenerative medicine are actually going to keep the body functioning in a youthful way for decades longer than we ever thought. Um, and so the second thing that we, we discovered uh, when let, let me interrupt really quick and talk, talk to us about the, the breathing just for a second, the, the Wim Hof, the, the significance of how your breathing and the breathing exercises that you conducted on the hike to the waterfall and what you're famous for. Just let me interrupt to make sure we itemize the breathing sure. techniques that you teach before we move on to your second point. Well, so... Um, breathwork is one of the easiest and it's and it's also one of the more affordable because it's available for the low low cost of zero um, so it's everybody's budget uh -huh. so um, all you need is a chair and and some fresh air and essentially um, you know breathwork and, and Wim Hof is arguably the, the world's leading pioneer um, in breathwork and I say he's a leading pioneer because he has put himself through a battery of clinical studies to prove that through breathwork we can not only modulate the immune system, meaning actually improve our immune system's response to protecting the human body, but we can regulate our body temperature. We can regulate the autonomic nervous system, the nervous system that you don't think about that keeps your heart beating and your lungs breathing when you're not thinking um, about breathing or your heart beating. And we can actually change the oxygen tension in our tissues. There's an amazing um, uh, show called 
The Iceman on Netflix. It's a whole documentary on Wim Hof. I'm actually at the tail tail end of my Wim Hof certification now. I'm headed wow. to the Pyrenees Mountains uh, in January. Wow. Um, to my Wim Hof certification. But I will tell you, of all the things that I've done in my entire scientific career, uh, nothing has been more impactful on my life than breathwork. Um, and I do an eight minute breathwork routine. Um, I will miss a flight to not miss breathwork. Um, I use um, breathwork like a drug when I need energy. I use it like caffeine. I use it like Adderall. I use it to wake up in the morning. I use it to put myself to bed at night. I use it to modulate pain when I'm in the um, uh, cold water. Breathwork is one of the most phenomenal journeys that you can go on as a human being because you can discover it right in your own bedroom. You can do it in a hotel room when you're traveling. Um, and I promise you it will make material difference in your life. Essentially, the, the, the breath work that I do, uh, the very simple one is I sit comfortably, put my hands on my knees, and I do 30, 30 breaths, deep, obnoxious breaths, breathing in and exhaling out. And I do this 30 times. And at the end of 30 breaths, I hold my breath as long as I can. And why would you hold your breath after um, deep breathing for such a long period of time? Because remember, in the human body, we need to create a demand for nutrients to be used, right? You can't just eat calcium and have strong bones. You need to load a bone and then have calcium there to strengthen it. You can't just eat protein and build strong muscles. You have to go to the gym and tear a muscle and then have protein there to repair it. So the same is true with oxygen. We can't just hyperventilate and expect that oxygen to magically enter the tissue. What we do is a breath hold at the end of these 30 breaths. So we reset the carbohydrate receptor and the tissue begs for that oxygen. And then as you go into your second round of breath work, that oxygen floods those tissues and changes the oxygen tension. And as you taught us, the, the, the largest part of the lung is the bottom, not the top. Correct. So you breathe in through your nose and make sure that your belly actually expands as you fill your lungs, not just the top, right? Yes. So I think, think about taking your belly button and trying to hit the wall in front of you. Exactly. So push your belly button out. Right, get it into the, into the lobes of the lungs, not the apex of the lungs. Do you know that you can actually take your finger between your collarbone and your shoulder right in front of your trap muscle and you can touch the top of your lung. It's right here, right? And it comes to a nice little point. But where we really wanna get air is down into the base of the lung, right above the diaphragm. And by breathing this way, the diaphragm actually <clears throat> massages the intestinal tract. Right, because right below the diaphragm is your small intestine and beneath that is your large intestine, your colon. So by massaging the small intestine, we help contents return to regular motility. Right, so we breathe, we massage the intestine, we hold ourselves in a nice posture, we wake up the emotional system. Remember that emotions and moods are nothing more than a collection of neurotransmitters combined with oxygen. Do you know that every elevated emotional state that a human being can experience requires the presence of oxygen? Without oxygen, you cannot experience passion, elation, joy, arousal, libido, all the, I call them the hell yeah, I won the lottery emotions, right? Um, this is why no human being has ever woken up laughing. You don't have the oxidative state to experience laughter out of deep sleep. Now, can you wake up angry? You sure can. If you want to do an experiment tonight, I don't recommend it, but if you want to do it, pinch your spouse while she's dead asleep or he's dead asleep and watch 
how they wake up. <laughs> Listen to the expletives fly, right? Uh, and why is this? Why can I experience anger in deep sleep and not happiness? Because anger does not require any oxygen. Wow. The emotional state of, of anger, the catecholamine cascade that causes anger to be the emotional state does not require the presence of oxygen, but elevated emotional states do. So why not start your morning by breathing, raising your emotional state, elevating your mood, hyper oxygenating the brain, because this is a way to mimic deep sleep, right? What happens in deep sleep is there's a secondary oxygen transfer. We take oxygen from primary systems like the muscles and we feed it to secondary systems like the brain, the liver, the lungs, the pancreas, the heart, right? So breath work is just so important. Um, and remember our brain, is what we call a non-metabolic organ, meaning the harder the brain works, it does not get any additional nutrients. The brain gets the same oxygen, the same nutrients, the same blood supply, whether or not it is in a dead sprint solving the most complicated issues, you know, working on the most thorough legal contract for the biggest, you know, business deal of your life, or whether you are chilling on the couch watching The Simpsons same amount of blood flow, same amount of resources. Unlike a muscle, if I pick up a weight and I start to curl a weight, right? The harder my muscle works, the more blood flow I send it, the more nutrients I send it, the more amino acids and proteins and oxygen it gets. The brain doesn't have the same luxury. So if you can feed it oxygen at rest, you are mimicking deep delta wave sleep. Okay, so one of the interesting comments you always make is how you deal with jet lag, how it never affects you, and that you actually willingly get up out of your airplane seat. Take us out there for a moment because I can only visualize. I just flew in from San Antonio and from Dallas to record this podcast. So being on an airplane is fresh on my mind and everyone else's mind. Tell us what you do when you're flying. Oh, yeah. So I travel a lot. You know, sometimes I'll do six cities in six days. Two months ago, I did 11 cities, three countries in 11 days. Um, so I was actually in 11 different cities, some of them in multiple time zones in multiple countries over an 11 day period of time. I felt so fresh at the end of 11 days, I could barely stand myself. So I have some hard and fast rules for flying. Um, and my rules are that I never miss a breathwork session ever. Um, I fast on airplanes. That's a hard one for some people. Um, the only exception to that is um, uh, is raw nuts, um, but water, black coffee, raw nuts on airplanes. Um, sitting and flying and eating, especially drinking alcohol, are a disaster for your circadian rhythm and an absolute menace to your energetic state. Right. Remember that the more oxygen I have in the blood, the higher my energetic state. Everything that a human being um, feels about energy is nothing more than oxygen in their blood. If you said to me, Gary, I had a lot of energy today. Physiologically, what you're saying is I had a lot of oxygen in my blood today. So if oxygen equals energy, which it does, then if I want to raise my energetic state, I need to raise the amount of oxygen. Well, remember, the amount of blood in your system is fixed. So if you drive it to your gut because you just ate a heavy meal, it cannot be in your brain and your gut at the same time. So you decide if you want to be hungry, awake, alert, focused, and energetic, 
or if you want to be tired, exhausted, sleepy, foggy, and fed, right? That's not a, it's just a very easy choice for me. So I fast on airplanes. The more often I travel, the more often I'm fasting. Um, the second thing that uh, I'll share with you about jet lag, and I'm just astounded that nobody talks about this because there's like, a, you know, hundreds of you know tips and tricks for how to adjust to a time zone and how to, you know, get over jet lag. If you go from New York to London or New York to Dubai, and all of a sudden your your entire day is shifted eight hours or six hours, I will give you the one trick that will never fail to adjusting to a new time zone. I will give you the one trick you've probably never heard, and it has the largest impact on the physiology of your circadian rhythm. And for some reason, no one talks about it. And it is this, do not eat during your feeding window for the first 24 hours in a new location. Let me explain what I mean. Um, so if you normally go to bed at 10 p.m. and you get up at 6 a.m., so that's roughly your time of sleep, or you go to bed at midnight and you get up at 6 a.m. Um, so you're not eating between midnight and 6 a.m. And then all of a sudden you go to London, right? And now you're six hours ahead and all of a sudden you're having steak and eggs and a um, you know, champagne martini uh, at what is 2.30 in the morning, your time. Nothing will wreck your, your circadian clock, right? Your, your biorhythmic clock. Nothing will throw your circadian off rhythm off more than eating during your sleeping window. So you want to preserve your sleeping window. Find out whatever time midnight to 6 a.m. is in your new destination and only have liquids during that period of time. The second you eat during your normal sleeping window, you're screwed. No, no amount of breath work or getting up in the morning and getting first light or watching the shades go down or trying to take a sleeping pill will actually fix that circadian rhythm. When your body says, what in the heck are you doing feeding me steak and eggs at 2.45 in the morning, right? Why are we having a Manhattan um, at 2.45 in the morning? This is, this is not what we do. And it will wreck your circadian rhythm. If you preserve your, your sleeping window by not ingesting food during that time in a new time zone, watch how the magic works. It's phenomenal. Okay. Let's get to the chase. So what, what was your transfer from the insurance industry to creating what you now are famous for, the Gary Brecka way, the Gary Brecka method, the Gary Brecka philosophy, the Gary Brecka school of how many times did you say Gary Brecka? I'm telling you, baby. Teach us about that realization and what the mind shift was, what the heart set shift was to not predicting someone's death, but spending the rest of your life increasing someone's longevity of life. Yeah. Well, I'm a huge student of science. You know, at the end of the day, I'm just a giant geek. Um, I read peer review literature for sport. Um, if there's a peer reviewed article on, on biohacking, um, oxygen therapy, most modalities that are available in the biohacking world. I've probably read um, and memorized that uh, peer review study. Uh, so, I, so I'm just a big fan of data and, um, and research and a lot of these research publications. And for years, I was convinced um, that these life expectancies that I was predicting were just that, they were just data. And um, I had no impact on this person. I didn't make these choices for them. It wasn't my responsibility um, to care for them. Uh, but it 
became glaringly apparent to me that there were human beings on the other side of these spreadsheets. Um, there was a human life on the other side of the spreadsheet. And one of the most impactful things for me was in the tail end of my career, I started looking at um, uh, what we call modifiable risk factors. Meaning I would hypothesize, what if I could just contact this patient, which I was prohibited by law from doing. What if I could just contact this patient and tell them to take vitamin D3, tell them how to fix the anemia that's in their bloodstream, tell them how to lower their blood pressure because their homocysteine was too high. What if I could just contact them and have one conversation with them and I could delete these risk factors? Because what I realized was that the three leading causes of mortality in nearly every person that we studied were things called modifiable risk factors, meaning if they just made some subtle supplement changes and subtle changes to their lifestyle and diet, I could have added almost seven years on average to their life. Wow. And it ate at me, um, you know, like a burning stone um, through my heart. And I realized that if I wasn't able to get out from behind this big thick glass window where I felt like I was just watching blind people walk into traffic all day and get to the other side of the window where I could actually contact the patient and say, listen, you don't have rheumatoid arthritis, even though you feel like you do. You have a clinical deficiency in vitamin D3. Let's supplement you so that you actually can lose the, the pain and the aches that you wake up with in the morning. Um, the reason why your anemia is chronic is because you have a gene mutation that doesn't allow you to process folic acid. You need to take methylfolate and fix this anemic condition. And I could go on and on and on you're hypertensive because you have high homocysteine there were all of these conditions that were easy to modify we realized that there's not a single compound known to mankind not one that we put into the human body that is used in the format that you put it in nothing that enters the human body is used in the format that we put it in no protein no amino acid no mineral no nutrient no vitamin nothing everything that enters the body <clears throat> is converted into its usable form. You know, I use the analogy that we pull crude oil out of the ground, but you can't put crude oil into your gas tank, right? Because the car doesn't understand that fuel source. Crude oil has to be refined into gasoline. But if you couldn't refine crude oil into gasoline, the car would never run. Human beings are no different. We put raw material into the human body, vitamins, amino acids, proteins, carbohydrates. We put these things into the human body. But what if we cannot convert them into the usable form? This is called methylation. It is the most important process that every human listening to this podcast goes through. And if you have breaks in your methylation, you need to supplement for their deficiency. Because when you create a deficiency in the human body, it eventually leads to pathology and disease. You see, we used to think that things that ran in families were genetic. Oh, you've got genetically inherited hypertension. You have genetically inherited hypothyroid. You have genetically inherited anxiety, depression, ADD, ADHD, OCD. You know, your grandmother and, and, and I both had poor gut health and now you have poor gut health. High blood but, pressure, cholesterol, all the things that we hear. Glyceride, all these things that you hear. <laughs> but the truth is, we've now mapped the entire human genome. We know every gene in the human body, and yet no physician can tell you what gene is being passed from generation to generation to cause these diseases because that gene doesn't exist. What exists 
is the inability to refine a raw material that the body needs to do its job. So what you inherited was a deficiency in a raw material, which leads to that disease or leads to that condition. Most of your listeners right now are walking around at about 55, 60% of their true state of normal. We have accepted such an erosion of our baseline sense of normalcy as human beings. It is absurd. So many people just say, oh, that's just a part of aging. I've got brain fog. I I wake up sore and achy in the morning like I had a workout the night before when I haven't. My my feet, my ankles are tender when I get out of bed in the morning to walk to the bathroom and take my first pee. Um, You know, I I feel like my short-term memory is just not there. I track my sleep on an aura ring and I look like a bouncing rubber ball going down a hallway. I just don't have the same response to exercise that I have. I'm, I'm dieting and I'm exercising and I've got all this water weight around my belly. All of these things are related to simple nutrient deficiencies in the human body. And that's why I encourage every single person that I come in contact to do a test that they do once in their lifetime that looks at the five actionable genes in the human body. Um, It's a gene test. You'll never repeat this test for the balance of your lifetime. You'll do it once and never guess for the balance of your lifetime what you need to supplement with because most of us are just supplementing for the sake of supplementing. We are not made for deficiency. Let me interrupt right now to let people know how they can contact you to get this test. My wife and I immediately uh, reached out. We paid her 600 bucks each. I think that's what it was. Yeah, 600 bucks. For the test. We've sent it in. Obviously, we're going to pull a few strings and get a little VIP treatment from Gary Greco. <laughs> yes, but, I'll read your test personally. But but the test is so extraordinary. It was so simple, a saliva test inside your cheek, obviously. But I want to interrupt and have you right now tell the story about how you were introduced to Grant Cardone and how just by the results of this test that you and your beloved sage, you can actually read the palm you obviously <laughs> become this tarot card expert this guru this voodoo that's so unbelievable but it's so 100 percent accurate take the time and take us there bro absolutely you know um when i was first introduced to grant cardone at the time i, I i'd heard of grant now obviously he's he's my partner in 10x health um but i'd heard of grant and uh, a, a mutual friend of ours uh, had just gone through this test with me and was making an investment in his fund. And he said, listen, Grant, my gift to you is I'm, I'm buying you this this test. I want you to do this test. And Grant's like, ah, I got doctors hanging on trees, man. I don't need that nonsense. Um, but he convinced him to do the test. And uh, about a week and a half later, Grant uh, called our office and uh, he said, listen, um, you know, I picked up the phone and he, he said, hey, this is Grant Cardone. I said, hey, Mr. Cardone, you know, how are you? He said, I'm great. Uh, he said, listen, Gary, um, you know, before you get started, I just got to tell you, man, I don't even know what you do, uh, but I've got doctors hanging on trees and I got personal trainers coming out of my ass. His exact words, not trying to cuss on your podcast, uh, <laughs> but he said, I got doctors hanging on trees and I got personal trainers coming out of my ass. He said, look, I, I've got about eight minutes, man. Why don't you just give me your spiel? And uh, after I said, well, that was rude. Um, <laughs> I didn't say it, but I was thinking of it. Like, aren't you rude? Um, I said, well, Mr. Cardone, why don't, you, why don't we start by you telling me how you feel? And he said, uh, look, man, I, I feel great. I'm running around the world. I'm building my empire. I feel amazing. I said, well, do you mind if I tell you what I see in your labs? 
And he said, no, go ahead. And I said, well, I see a man that goes to bed exhausted, but his mind keeps him up until the wee hours of the morning. So that by the time you wake up in the morning, you're more exhausted than when you went to bed. And I said, Grant, I can see that you wake up sore and achy in the morning like you had a workout the night before when you haven't. And I bet it really bothers you when you get out of bed in the morning and the soles of your feet and your ankles are really tender. And I said, look, I know nothing about your love life, but libido left the building about nine months ago. And if I was to guess, the thing that bothers you most right now is brain fog. And he goes, what the heck do you mean, dementia? I said, no, not dementia, brain fog. You get a great idea in the bedroom, and by the time you walk to the kitchen, you wonder what the heck you're doing in the kitchen. And then he was dead silent. Um, and I heard him get up and shut the office door, and he, and he took the phone off a of speakerphone, and he picked it up, and he goes, who told you to say that to me? Um, I said, nobody. He goes, did Elena give you that information? Did Jared, did, did, did Ryan? At the time, I didn't know who they were. Um, and I said, no, sir, I would actually be a, a crime for me to talk to them about your medical records without your permission. He goes, you can really tell all that from this test? And I said, yeah. And he goes, Gary, I feel like shit. I said, I know. And he said, can you fix it? <laughs> I said, I sure can. He goes, and I, I memorized this line because it was so funny. He goes, I'll do whatever you say, lotions, potions, creams, jellies, or injections. <laughs> <laughs> lotions, potions, creams, jellies, or injections. And he said, here's my credit card number, just ship it to me. I'll do whatever you say for eight weeks. And he literally hung up the phone. Um, so to put a treatment protocol together for him, amino acids, vitamins, nutrients, missing raw materials in his body based on this test, shipped it to his front door. About three and a half weeks later, he called back. Now I know who Grant Cardone is, so I'm nervous as heck. And um, I still remember when they transferred the phone call back to my office, um, I started cleaning my desk before I picked up the phone. <laughs> and then I, then the light bulb went off and I go, what the heck am I doing? It's a phone call. <laughs> so I pick up the phone. He goes, hey, Gary, it's Grant Cardone. I said, hey, Mr. Cardone. He goes, he goes, listen, man, what in the frick do you have me on? And I was like, oh, God, it's over. Um, and he goes, I feel great. He said, I'm running around the world. He said, I, I, I've got the energy of 10 men. The brain fog you talked about is gone. He said, I haven't slept in 10 years. I sleep seven hours a night now. He goes, I have no joint pain, no aches and pains. I'm the cleanest, most awake I've ever been in my life, brother. You know, thank you so much. He said, I'll tell you what, if you can be in my office at two o'clock tomorrow afternoon, I'll make you a rich man. And, uh, so now you know where I was at two o'clock the next day. <laughs> um, and about two and a half years later, he, he bought my company and it's been like being strapped to a rocket ship ever since. Um, you know, his business genius partner, Brandon Dawson, uh, who is absolutely to an operating company like I am to the human body. He is just mind numbingly intelligent with how uh, he's built teams to actually scale a business. Um, you know, Grant bought the business, he turned it over to Brandon Dawson's team, and now we're bringing this to the masses. And it's, it's an absolute dream come true. And making it accessible to every single person on this podcast in the world. That's so yeah, noble, man. that's so awesome. And it fulfills your mission to change the world one, one test maybe at a time. Yeah, so, when I resigned from that industry, I said, I'm not, I'm not going to spend one more day predicting people's death. I'm going to spend the balance of my lifetime helping people live longer, healthier, happier lives. And that's what you're doing. So let's just jump right to the ingredients in what we think as consumers we're, in, we're ingesting into our bodies that are actually poisonous, most B12. As soon as we got home and we have lots of vitamins, lots of supplements, 
Yeah. We cleaned out all of our cupboards in both our house in Utah and in Arizona, threw away all vitamin B12 because it contains cyanide. Yes. Teach us about other things, flag waving the, the manufacturer thorn, as I wrote down in our last keynote speeches together when we shared the platform. Thorn manufactures a very high quality vitamin D3, as you shared. Yep. Take us on that journey because once you get the evaluation of our test, then we get an actual protocol, as you said, that includes vitamins, minerals, supplements, nutrients. What do we get once we get the results back from our tests that we get from you? Interrupting now to tell us how we access your test and how we fulfill the fulfillment of that recommendation, that that diagnosis, that prescription, if you will, to start consuming these high-quality vitamins, minerals, nutrients, and the things that you provide. Yes, so you can get the test by going to 10x, the number 10, the letter X, healthtest.com, just 10xhealthtest.com. It's also on my Instagram, um, at Gary Brecca. There's a link there and you can order the test. They will ship you these two Q-tips in the mail. You'll swab your cheek 10 times on one side, 10 times on the other side, put it back in the FedEx envelope. It will go to the lab. Um, and a few days after it arrives at the lab, your results will populate our system and we will push out a notice to you that your results are in with a sequence of videos that I put together describing exactly what's going on um, and then a list of supplements that you need to take. You can get them from us. You can get them from other high quality manufacturers like Pure Encapsulations or Thorn. Um, we also manufacture my own supplement and we'll drop it right to your front door uh, so that you will never guess on what your body is deficient again for the balance of your lifetime. Two of the big ones that I harp on all the time, I get a lot of flack for this on social media, so I'm gonna do a little bit more of an explanation today. But um, two of the big ones I get uh, go after a lot are folic acid and cyanocobalamin. These are two man-made forms of the, uh, one is a B vitamin, a B12, and the other one is a folate form of folate. Folic acid and folate are very different things. Folic acid is a man-made chemical. It doesn't occur anywhere naturally on the surface of the earth. You cannot find folic acid anywhere in nature. We make it in a laboratory. Um, unfortunately, our entire grain supply, all white flour, white rice, white pasta, and all grains are sprayed with folic acid. Only we don't call it sprayed with folic acid. We call it fortified or enriched. Right? So foods that are fortified or enriched are sprayed with the chemical folic acid. For people that have the most common gene mutation in the world, which is called MTHFR, I will not tell you what the nickname is for that gene. <laughs> um, I'm sure if you write it down, you can figure it out. For people that have this gene mutation, this is a disaster for cognitive function, for waking energy, for um, mood, for emotional state, for focus and concentration, for deep sleep, for anxiety, for depression. Um, folic acid and MTHFR are linked to all of these conditions. And there is hordes of published clinical research. Um, this is not my opinion. These are, um, these are factual data points. Um, so if you have a gene mutation that doesn't allow you to convert folic acid, into the usable form, methylfolate, then you're deficient in this very necessary raw material. 
And there are people listening to this podcast right now that have ADD or ADHD, which is actually not an attention deficit disorder at all. It's an attention overload disorder, right? It's too many windows open at the same time. We call it attention deficit, but it's actually not a deficit of attention. It's an inability to pay attention to so many things, right? Because we not only create thought in our mind, we also dismantle thought. And it is just as important to be able to create thought as it is to be able to dismantle it. If you do not degrade thought at the rate that you create it, the mind gets clouded. And this is called attention deficit disorder. So modern medicine says, hey, if the mind is racing, let's pump an amphetamine into the central nervous system to race the central nervous system to match the pace of the mind. And that is a very poor choice where we could use amino acids to quiet the mind and allow people to focus. It's especially evident in children. You give me a six-year-old child that has this gene mutation and you pump that child full of folic acid in the morning, standard American breakfast, a Pop-Tart, a white bagel, um, a bowl of cereal, um, and you wonder why it's a full contact sport to get this kid in the car to go to school in the morning, right? And, and, and not only is it a full contact sport to get the kid to go to school in the morning, but now when he gets to school or she gets to school, the phone call comes home and says, hey, you know, little Johnny doesn't pay attention. Um, he's, he's restless, he's disruptive, he doesn't follow directions, he's not finishing his assignments. I think he has ADD or ADHD. Um, let's bring in the Ritalin to fix this situation. I bet you, you pull folic acid out of their diet, supplement that child um, with methyl folate, you will see a completely different human being in the house. The second one is cyanocobalamin. Cyanocobalamin is hydrogen cyanide linked to the cobalt metal, which is B12. So it's called cyano, which stands for cyanide, um, cobalamin. And so this is a cyanide-based form of B12. And while yes, it is not toxic in small doses, Right? It is not true that the dose determines toxicity. The dose can accumulate, right? We're allowed to eat small amounts of mercury, which in small doses is not toxic, but cumulative dosing of mercury causes mercury poisoning. So when you have cyanide-based B12, you're feeding this to the body, your body's having to convert it to the real form of B12 anyway before it actually can use it, but we're putting a cyanide-based B12 into the body. This is robbing the cell of oxygen, robbing the cell of light metals, and it's in as a ton of supplements. It's in Flintstone vitamins. It's in the number one selling vitamin in the world. I want to give you the name, but it's an off-the-shelf vitamin. Um, it's in a lot of our protein powders. And, it's in and Costco. It's in Centrum. I'll say it. It's okay, good. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's, it's sad because it's a cheap form of B12 that we make in a lab. Um, we do it to save a couple cents a capsule when we're selling billions of capsules. And, and sadly, this is... Um, and cumulative doses can, can be toxic. And so um, I look for methylcobalamin, that form of B12. It's a methylated form of B12. And then, of course, any of the supplements that we would recommend to you would never have something like that. You know, a lot of supplement manufacturers focus on the quality of the manufacturing, not the caliber of the ingredient. And ingredients matter. Very and cool. Ingredients matter. Okay, so let's itemize some common myths uh, that I have, because my dad was an alcoholic, which is not the case, I'm just using it as an example. When your parent is an alcoholic, 
you're more susceptible to that disease, that genetic you know, propensity to also be an alcoholic, put that to rest. Well, so um, it's not the alcoholism that's being transferred, right? But it's not the addiction that's being transferred. The reason why you have a propensity for addiction is because you have a propensity for low dopamine right dopamine is the neurotransmitter that drives behavior serotonin is the main neurotransmitter that drives mood right as i start to deplete the body of serotonin i have a massive effect on mood if you actually look at the molecular structure the recipe of an elevated emotion you will see that serotonin is in all of these recipes it's in passion it's in elation it's in joy it's in arousal um if i start to deplete serotonin i cannot manufacture the moods that require that neurotransmitter and then the same thing is true if i begin to deplete dopamine we used to say in the mortality space the absence of dopamine is the presence of addiction and nothing is more true than that statement this is why addiction has a tendency to shift right? Alcoholics become drug addicts, drug addicts become sexaholics, sexaholics become gamblers, gamblers become workoutaholics. It's the addiction shifts because they're searching for dopamine. You know, in, in most cases of addiction, the addict didn't just wake up one day and go, I want to get really banged up, right? They woke up one day and said, I want to feel normal. It was the search for normalcy. And whatever it was, the nicotine, the alcohol, the drugs, the promiscuous behavior, the adrenaline rushes, um, whatever that was, the intense workouts, it made them feel normal. And in their search for normalcy, they developed an addiction. And now they are running from a low, not running towards a high. And so the difference here is that this dopamine deficit so when you get this genetic test done, we see whether or not you have a propensity for low dopamine. And while we can't fix the gene, we supplement for its function. You turn the dopamine factory back on. Dopamine is made from three amino acids. Serotonin is made from one. And you turn the dopamine factory back on, you raise this neurotransmitter in the body, and now you're not driven to these types of behaviors. And so we you can know, take a capsule or we can eat a specific food, an organic food that that fulfills that lack of amino acid no, or whatever the case may no be. No question. Absolutely no question. Yes. And very often you need to supplement with a specific type of nutrient, um, you know, like an L-methionine, a trimethylglycine, um, a B-complex, a methylfolate. And when you give the body this raw material, it begins to methylate dopamine. Remember I said we convert things into the usable form. Well, dopamine is three amino acids that are converted into the neurotransmitter dopamine um tryptophan which is the the sleepy amino acid that's found in turkey is converted into serotonin so what if you can't make this conversion well we need to fix that right so that you don't have a deficiency in neurotransmitters when you have a deficiency in neurotransmitters this is where you get aberrant mood right so the exciting thing is there's a whole lot less wrong with us than we think right most of us that have gut issues or poor sleep patterns. These are deficiencies in raw materials, not allowing the mind to quiet or the gut to move at the right speed. Most of us that have depression or anxiety have had it on and off our entire lifetime. We can't even point to the specific trigger that causes it. So we know it's not coming from our outside environment. It's not coming from a cluster of symptoms. It's coming from a deficiency in the human body that is leading to these states. 
And by replacing this raw material, you can eviscerate those states. Okay, talk for a moment about PTSD. It's no longer a disorder, it's not a syndrome. They, they, as I've worked so often with the military, the best uh, commonsensical attack of PTS, post-traumatic stress, is to look at it as an injury. You yeah. know, I've injured my body so many times, had so many surgeries, and I know from personal experience that if I go through every step, the proper steps, the sequential steps of rehabilitation, if I go through every one of those steps, the injured part of my body becomes stronger than it was before I injured it. No so question. the PTS with a mindset shift is if you look at it as an injury, there's still hope, there's still faith, you can overcome it because PTS is, is our inability to stop remembering. So talk to us about your methodology and your, your, your supplemental cure for everything, especially post-traumatic stress. So, so post-traumatic stress is exactly that, traumatic stress, right? So you don't have to actually have been in wartime to experience traumatic stress, divorce, bankruptcy, litigation, all kinds of financial conditions cause people to be under emotional stress. We think of PTSD as an event. You know, I was next to a roadside bomb. I witnessed a horrific event. Um, I participated in the loss of somebody very close to me. And while those are very specific events and can cause PTSD, we put ourselves into a traumatic state, a post-traumatic state, sometimes because we don't have a way for dealing with stress in our life. We don't manage our emotional state. We wake up in the past and we drag the past forward with us. And these frequencies, these emotional states have long-term negative consequences on the process of methylation. What happens in traumatic stress and post-traumatic stress disorder is you've sent your methylation process into a tailspin. And now your body is not converting raw materials into their usable form. It's not making neurotransmitters at the right rate. It is not converting amino acids at the right rate. Deficiencies are starting to appear in the body and it's leading to aberrant behavior, mood disorders, emotional disorders, um, and, and physical implications in the body that are based upon you having sent this methylation cycle into a tailspin. Now imagine if you knew what you were susceptible to and you could supplement for that deficiency, return neurotransmitter balances to normal, feed the brain the amino acids it needs to quiet the mind, repair the tissue that is damaged and actually go back to feeling like a normal human being again. I can't even tell you how many patients come to me and like, oh my God, Gary, I feel amazing. Um, you know, after I started supplementing for some of these genetic breaks and I remind them, you actually don't feel amazing. I hate to bust your bubble. You feel normal, right? This is how normal is supposed to feel. You just accepted such an erosion of your baseline sense of normalcy that I brought you back to normal and now you think you feel amazing. I mean, it's no different than getting the stomach flu and spending six hours on the bathroom floor. And then when you sleep it off the next morning, you think you feel amazing. You're just back to where you were, right? You just, it's like finding your wallet. You didn't gain anything, but just back to a normal feeling. So really my mission is to re restore the true state of normalcy to humanity because we were meant to thrive. God put us on this earth to thrive, to have the libido of a lion, to have clean waking energy, deep sleep, an, a positive aggression towards life, a positive aggression towards working out, strong, healthy, emotional energy. 
And, and so many of us have had this collapse because we just have missing raw materials in our body. So as we wind down, I want you to itemize the benefits of cold plunge, the benefits of, of infrared or mat, uh, yeah. the, the, the benefits of, of you breathing 100% oxygen while you're, while you're exercising, all the yeah, little secret bells and whistles that you have going that all of us can invest in if we're willing to. Just yes. itemize them one at a time. Cold plunge, what does that do? And what's so you the have benefit? Work, you have a cold plunge. Um, cold plunge, and, and, and my recommendation is um, 50 degrees for no less than three minutes, um, six-minute target. Um, you're doing it for 12. That's fine. This um, question, the length of time, if I increase the length of time, will it extract more fat from my body? Will it give me more health? <laughs> Stronger yes. health. Come on, baby. I'll sit in there you know, for three hours if I don't have to go on a diet. I give all kinds of reasons to get into a cold plunge, and I get 90% of my females on this one. Not to pick on the women, but for some reason, <laughs> this fact that I'm about to say about cold plunging ensnares the female community like none other. And, you know, if you think about what a calorie is, right, a calorie is a measure of heat. Right, it's, the, it's actually the, the amount of heat that it takes to raise, raise one gram of water one degree centigrade. So if a calorie is the measure of heat, then what do you think is leaving our body when heat leaves our body? Calories. There is nothing on the surface of the earth, no amount of exercise, no amount of hits cardio, no amount of dangling upside down in a yoga class that will even come remotely close to the amount of weight loss, fat loss, that you will experience by getting into cold water, by activating brown fat, because nothing causes this kind of thermogenic loss. Remember, water is 29 times more thermogenic than air, which means it removes heat from the body at 29 times the rate of air. You can die in 72 degree water. You cannot die in 72 degree air, right? So, um, so knowing that when I submerse myself in cold water, this massive expenditure of calories is gone. If you've ever read about Michael Phelps during the Olympics, his caloric intake went to 10,000 calories a day because the pool he was training in was four degrees colder than the one he was used to. So when I get into cold water, four major things happen. Number one, I get a massive peripheral vasospasm. What does this do? It forces all the oxygen from my extremities into the core, brain, liver, lungs, pancreas, heart, kidneys, right? All the vital organs. The second thing that happens is your liver panics and your liver dumps a valuable protein called a cold shock protein into your bloodstream. It floods the bloodstream with cold shock proteins, scours the body of free radical oxidation and quadruples the rate of protein synthesis, meaning four times the muscle repair. The third thing it does is it elevates your mood and your emotional state, right? Because it forces oxygen to the brain. And then the final thing that it does is what we just talked about. It activates brown fat and causes your body to go into what's called a thermogenic state to save your life, which is a massive amount of caloric expenditure. And the inflammation in our bodies. My inflammation completely secedes when I get it. It's gone when I get out of the cold plunge. 
Oh, it's insane how much it's gone. I mean, we used to think that putting athletes into cold water after intense exercise was benefiting them because of the reduction of inflammation. We know now that that's only 15% of the benefit. The rest of the benefit comes from this hyperoxygenation and cold shock proteins. Absolutely. Right? So if we can access these, they're free. They're in your liver. You can't even buy them if you want to. So they're already there. You just have to force them to be released by dumping your body into cold water. Now, nobody likes getting in cold water. I don't like getting in cold water. But I tell you, I'll tell you what, it is my drug of choice. Oh, yeah. Because I love how I feel for the next seven hours after getting out of cold water. 50 degrees, three minutes minimum, six minutes maximum. You will absolutely change the trajectory of your life. Oh, yeah. And, the, and, as, a singer, and, and as a singer, the first two cold plunges, I hit high notes I never knew I had inside of me. It was awesome. The neighbors called, you know, 911. <laughs> yeah, astounding. So, so uh, the, the last one is a, a sequence of modalities that we call superhuman. If you really want to go absolutely next level, if you want to be as biometrically perfect as you can be, um, and and money is still object. I mean, these are expensive modalities, which is why we're putting a thousand centers around the, the country so that you know the average person can can access these. Um, but there is a protocol called Superhuman. Um, the entire protocol is about 140 grand, but it consists of a PEMF mat. What does that do? Um, pulse electromagnetic field runs low gauss current through the body. This is like a low gauss current that actually repolarizes all of the cells in the body and it makes the body alkaline, right? It's a complete fallacy that you can get alkaline by drinking alkaline water, right? But alkalinity is a charge. Remember, pH stands for potential hydrogen right so it's a charge and so if you take the surface of a cell and you change its charge it's attracted to other cells so imagine your red blood cells all sort of clumping up and sticking together like too many cars taking the same exit you lay on a PEMF mat for 16 minutes you will not only increase your circulation and reduce inflammation you will cause all of these beautiful red blood cells to separate and be ready to accept oxygen. And the second part of superhuman is- Wait, so we don't have to buy our own mat. We can find a center as they're continuously yes, introduced to our communities. Instagram or you can wait till there's a center near you and there'll be a very inexpensive subscription model. You come in and use it whenever you want. Okay. Um, and then the second part is called Hypermax. It's where we take 900 liters of 95% O2. We give you an oxygen concentrator. It takes 21% air, turns it into 95% oxygen, or 21% oxygen, turns it to 95% oxygen. You put a mask on, you breathe this during exercise for 10 minutes, flood the bloodstream with oxygen, and then you move into a red light therapy bed. If you really want to blow your mind, Google around about photobiomodulation. This is the term for red light therapy and its impact on human physiology. Collagen, elastin, fibrin, giving you a more youthful appearance, circulation, inflammation, microcapillary dilation in your eyes and your brain and all your organ systems. And red light also forces 910 nanometers, will force oxygen into the mitochondria that powerhouse of the cell that we talked about at the beginning of the podcast that is the essence of all energy for human beings. Imagine if you could take oxygen and drive it into the mitochondria and get a 16-fold increase in cellular energy times 32 trillion cells. 
That's why I'm so on fire right now. I can barely even sit through this podcast because I actually just did Superhuman. <laughs> and, um, and when, when uh, uh, you know, when, when we climbed to the, to the, to the, the waterfall and you took off your shirt and lowered every one of our self-esteems because you're so buff, you're so in shape, you practice what you preach, but more importantly, you preach only what you practice. Uh, as we wind down our time here, thanks so much for your time. Again, give us, give us the way we get a hold of you, and then I'm going to put you on the hot seat for one last comment. If you had one hour to live, Gary, what's your message to the world? Give us how we get a hold of you, how we join your tribe. Promise publicly that I can have you back on to talk about more of what you're doing. You're one of my great friends, one of my dearest mentors, superheroes in my life. And uh, yeah, tell us how to join your tribe, how to get the tests, and then let it percolate for a second and, and yeah, give us your so last hour wisdom. You know, I'll, I'll um, you know, the way to get a hold of me is on Instagram at Gary G A R Y B R E C K A Gary Brecka. Um, I do nothing but teach on Instagram. Um, so there's a lot of the, what we talked about today and I do lots of short videos that uh, try, try to be inspiring and try to give people health tips every day um, that are science backed. You know, I do supplement reviews, all kinds of things on Instagram. There's also a link there to 10xhealthtest.com, 10xhealthtest.com, where you can order that gene test. You can even order the superhuman protocol if you're interested. I would recommend that every human being on the surface of the earth do this test once in their lifetime. Stop guessing what it is, um, you know, that that is deficient in your body and understand it, you know, factually so you know exactly what to supplement with. Um, I answer all my own DMs. So if you're interested in uh, working with me or doing a private consult, you can send me a DM and I'll get you on the schedule. You know, if I had one hour to live, um, you know, my, I guess my comment would be, you know, what kind of legacy would I want to lead, um, leave? And, you know, for me, I'm leaving that legacy through my children. Uh, I'm, I'll get emotional talking about this, but I'm just so blessed to actually have my kids working in the business with me. Both my son and my daughter, my oldest two, um, my youngest is an accomplished artist. My oldest two are both in nursing school together. They've caught the bug. They're passionate about medicine. They're passionate about helping people. They're passionate. I mean, my, my son, more than anything, um, has been begging me for a cold plunge and my daughter's been begging me for a red light therapy bed. And I'm like, man, how well did I do that my kids are begging me for these modalities and they don't want to go out and drink and party. and. <laughs> um, and uh, so it's it's a very humbling experience and they, they actually keep me in check. Um, they're my best friends. And the, the greatest blessing in life is I feel like I'm gonna continue to live on through them and touch the face of humanity. Um, but if I had an hour left, um, it would be to solidify you know, that legacy, to make certain my kids knew um, that we're only on this earth for a brief period of time. We start to die the moment we're born. Um, they say, life is is short you know life is short death is certain um so make good use of your time here i love it my friends gary brecka b-r-e-c-k-a i love you i admire you. you i honor you man i can't wait to see you face to face safe travels as you change the world thank you my brother and, uh, we'll, we'll we'll catch each other on the fly you know happy yeah. trails Thank you for the kind words, man. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. We'll talk yeah, soon. It was amazing. Thanks, Gary. Bye-bye.
The views and opinions expressed on the Power Players podcast do not necessarily reflect those of KUTV or Sinclair Broadcast Group.